On today's show, the Houston Rockets eke out the 99-89 to win against the San Antonio Spurs in their third preseason game. What went wrong in this game that led to the RGV Vipers basically winning this against the Austin Spurs late in the fourth quarter? Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore, huge sparks off the bench in this one. Some defensive concerns with the Rockets overall switching scheme and so much more. It's all coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. Throw it up to Jalen Green. Shingun here in the short row. Oh, Mike, that's the no look. Jabari for three and the win. Yeah! Look at Tarisen. Here comes Tarisen. No! T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. The Houston Rockets select Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore. One thing I have never done is not made the playoffs, and so we want to take that step here as well. Six. Five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin. And the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, free and available wherever ever you listen to your podcast including youtube now today's episode is brought to you by game time download the game time app create an account and use code locked on nba for 20 dollars off your first purchase and as always thank you so much for checking out the show whether it's on your way to work on your lunch break in the gym thank you for making lor part of your day every single day now we're going to navigate the rockets 99 89 preseason win against the spurs for the entirety of today's episode now i know you're thinking but wait jackson Kevin Porter Jr. got traded. I know. I woke up. I felt terrible. I am late publishing this podcast. So what I would like to do for you, dear listener, is address and discuss and talk about all the thoughts that I have from the Rocket Spurs game. And then in our next episode with your weekly co-host, Ali Kambajani, we will be tackling the Kevin Porter Jr. trade, what it means for the team the fact that they got back Victor Oladipo and Jeremiah Robinson Earl, all of it. We're going to break down all the KPJ stuff next episode. Don't miss that. Want to focus on the Spurs game in this one. So now that's taken care of right here at the top. This was an interesting game, right? On both sides, the Spurs were missing key contributors in Victor Wimanyama, Devin Vassell, Trey Jones also out. The Rockets were missing not only Jalen Green, who we only knew about Jalen Green going into the game and then, as we're leading up to tip-off of the game, I noticed that Tari Eason is still rocking street clothes. And later we found out also Jock Landale was out. So the Rockets were missing three of their key contributors as well. So an undermanned roster for this Rockets team going up against the Spurs team, also missing some key guys. Um, and I think that was readily apparent in this game. And the biggest almost takeaway that I have from the jump on this one, I, I do want to get into Amin Thompson and Cam Whitmore. They were excellent off the Houston Rockets bench. But I think what we saw in this one with the starters, uh, the four usual suspects plus Reggie Bullock replacing Jalen Green is Jalen is still sorely or Jalen was sorely missed in this game. And there's not really a world where you look at it and say, oh, well, you just plug and play the next guy and he can do exactly what Jalen Green can do. Absolutely not. Jalen has so much gravity to his game where defenses understand that when he steps on the floor, He's the number one guy that they have to try and stop for the Rockets offense. Everything is still geared to get Jalen shots. Everything is geared to get him going downhill. And I think one thing that we've seen through two preseason games, and we missed it in the Spurs game, was Ime Odoka being 
much more creative than anything we've seen in the last two years of using Jalen Green's gravity to initiate and open up offense for his teammates, right? Think about the times that we saw in those first two preseason games against the Pacers and then the Pelicans. We saw Jalen Green being utilized off-ball as a cutter. We saw him coming off screens and we saw the amount of dedication that the defense put into trying to stop him. And that opened up some opportunities for his teammates that wasn't there against the Spurs. And I do think that in a game like this one against San Antonio, where the Rockets just could not buy a bucket, I mean, Early on, they were generating some really good looks. Reggie Bullock had some really clean looks early on in the offense. Things were actually, they actually did a decent job getting some high quality looks early. Then those looks stopped, weren't falling, and they kind of came apart at the seams, right? They started rushing things offensively. They started getting into some really poor decisions. It was a really, really rough overall night for Alper and Shingun in this game specifically. And I think that's where you look at Jalen Green and you're like, okay, well, what is his role still on this Rockets team? And I think very clearly his role is he's still going to be your number one option. There are still going to be nights where he does need to go out and get you 20, 25, 30 points a game for you to have a chance to win. Now, I think the beauty of what Ime Odoka is trying to do here is that it's not going to need to be that way every game. There are going to be some games where we see kind of this, you know, equal opportunity offense where everybody gets a chance to score and maybe Jalen only walks away with 15, 20 points or something like that. Low usage rating, that kind of thing. But in a game like this, where buckets are tough to come by, where it feels like guys just cannot get their offense going. Jalen green is a guy who at this point in his career can manufacture offense in a variety of ways, right? He can get going with his jumper. He can get going downhill. He can get to the free throw line. And that's just not something that the other starters on this rockets roster have. Now, thankfully, the bench guys were able to come into this one and really kind of help settle things down a little bit. Want to talk about them and their impact. Uh, basically, you know, the takeaway being that the RGV Vipers are better than the Austin Spurs, seeing as how that's what the game kind of came down to in the fourth quarter with uh, Coach Pop and Coach Ime both pulling their starters or pulling their starters and second string guys later in this game and letting the two G League squads kind of duke it out. But I do think that when we saw this team kind of starting to struggle early on, um, one thing that really stood out was was Alperin Shingun was kind of rushing a lot uh, of his looks offensively. It felt like he was, you know, I, I remarked at halftime, I said, it really feels like Alp is just kind of moving a little bit too fast, right? He needs to slow things down and really try to, um, you know, get quality looks offensively rather than rushing into some of his decisions. And then after the game, there was a point where early in the third quarter, around the nine minute mark, Ime Odoka subbed out Alperin Shingun for Jeff Green for exactly one possession, kept him at the scorer's table, was talking to him, and then immediately subbed him back in. So I asked him about that moment post game. And what he had to say was honestly pretty illuminating. There was a moment early in the third quarter around the nine minute mark, you subbed out Al P for a possession and put him right back in. What was that? What was the message to him during that little quick substitution? You know, slow down and let, you know, take a deep breath and let the game come to you. He was rushing the shots. Um, so one of his switches, he was way too aggressive on a non-shooter. He jumped out when uh, Kelvin Johnson got the split to the basket for the dunk. And so, you know, just wanted to get him out and tell him to calm down. And, you know, he missed a few passes on the offensive end. So. Sometimes it's good to get a guy out, get their, get their attention, and get him right back in. So um, just wanted to get his attention there, really sit there and talk to him for a second, and got him right back in for Jeff. And how did you see him kind of from that moment on, the rest of the game, how did you see him kind of respond to that from you? 
I think his focus was better. Um, you know, he, I, he felt like he was rushing. He felt like he had an advantage on the offensive end, but was rushing some of the shots. And for, for me, what I told him was, with the rest of the group, is when your offense isn't flowing, you got to find other ways to impact the game. And, and, you know, still do it on the defensive end, not let shots dictate you know, the rest of your game. So, you know, I felt like a few guys did that tonight. You know, guys were missing some shots, Jabari as well, and, and they still got to continue to play through those. Some great insight from Ime Odoka there talking about that moment shared with Alper and Shingun. And that's, to me, that's that's just really good coaching. You know, like to note, to, to recognize in real time, hey, my player's struggling. What are they struggling with, right? And to put him back out there. And, and I noticed a difference in Alper and Shingun when he was put back out there. And that message, I think, should resonate with the whole team, right? Just because you're struggling on offense or you can't get your offense going doesn't mean you can't still impact the game in a variety of other ways. And I think that's going to be one of those kind of one of those things that one of those bad habits that Ime has to break, right? Because we saw so many times last year where this team could play good defense when they were locked in and, and things were going well offensively. But then the moment the wheels came off the train and, and you know the cart came off the tracks, whatever. And they started struggling offensively. Then we saw people, you know, hanging their heads. We saw guys not getting back. All of it. Um, we saw this team really start to struggle on the other end of the court, and that can't be the case, right? You have to be able to make your mark defensively, make your mark as a playmaker. All of this, and then the offense will come, right? There's going to be some games where you're going to struggle, and to see Alperin is going to be able to kind of internalize that message and get back out there and, and, you know, hustle on defense and start, you know, and kind of settle himself down a little bit. Um, it just goes to show Ime is, is a very high quality coach. He understands what's going on. He's able to have these in-game adjustments and real time, uh, you know, kind of analysis of what's happening in his games and, and trying to get the most out of his players. So I really, really appreciated and enjoyed that moment uh, between Ime Doka and Alperin Shingun. Coming up, want to tackle kind of the flow of this game, how the Rockets' defense still shined in this one, despite the fact that they struggled in the half court with Zach Collins. They did great in transition. Also going to talk about Amin Thompson and Cam Whitmore, these spark plugs off the bench for your Houston Rockets. We're going to get to all of that and so much more here in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is kind of getting in its own way. I've been there before. Maybe you're you're having a fantastic day, right? You think everything's going great. And then late at night, you're laying in bed and you can't get any sleep because your brain is going a thousand miles a minute thinking about everything that happened that day, overthinking certain situations. Oh, I should have done this or I could have done that. You know, it, it can be difficult, right? When you feel like your brain is working against you. Um, I've done therapy in the past and it was incredibly beneficial, right? Having a licensed professional who knows how to kind of work you through certain steps and bring, you know, help guide you to conclusions and help you learn things about yourself that you didn't even realize that you were kind of dealing with. It can be a really cathartic experience to, to work through some of your personal issues with a professional. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at no time for any additional charge. It's entirely online, de designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Try and make your brain your friend, right, with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get started with 10% off your very first month. Again, that's 10% off your very first month. Just visit betterhelp.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA. 
and continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. A couple other notes here from the starters. Um, Alperin Shingun talked about his struggles in this game. Just three points, one of eight shooting, uh, one of four from the free throw line. He did manage to snag seven rebounds, three assists. He had a couple fouls, few steals, few turnovers, a um, couple blocks. So he was tr- trying his best to be engaged defensively. Um, throughout this game, especially after Emeo Doka pulled him to the side. Reggie Bullock was, um, he gave us the Tony Snell stat line. 0 of 2 from the floor and did not record a single stat uh, in his almost 14 minutes played. So the Tony Snell stat line from Reggie Bullock. Uh, Jabari Smith Jr.'s involvement in this game felt a little weird. Right now, I think Jabari was one of the guys who suffered from Jalen Green not being out there, benefiting from his gravity at times. Uh, it it took like almost seven minutes for Jabari to get his first touch offensively in this game, which which I thought was a little weird. Um, again, they were running some actions that led to some wide open shots for Reggie Bullock early on. Dylan Brooks hit his first three pointer of the game. Uh, you know, there were some good actions being generated early, but it felt like Jabari's involvement could have been a little bit better. And then later, they made it a point to try and get him the ball. You know, on post ups like they like they did in these first couple games of the preseason. He got fouled on one of them. He made a bucket on one of them. Then he got another post up, turned around, shot rimmed in and out. Just felt like they could have maybe leaned on Jabari a little bit more offensively, especially in the absence of Jalen Green, considering how good Jabari has played up to this point. But he still made his impact felt uh, elsewhere on the floor. He had nine rebounds. He had three assists. uh, He had a steal. Did have a couple turnovers. You know, decent all-around night from Jabari. Would have just liked to see him be a little bit more involved uh, offensively. They did try a couple different points where they had Jabari kind of like bring the ball up. They started that in the second half in the third quarter, and it ended atrociously because he walked the ball up and he got called for an eight-second violation because there was defensive pressure. Uh, So maybe not the best way to try and get Jabari involved, but, you know, growing pains. They'll figure things out. And then Fred Van Vliet was, you know, steady. Um, You know, he finished with 12 points on five of 10 shooting. Uh, two of four from long distance. He had a couple rebounds. He only had one assist, though. Um, and in a game, especially without Jalen Green, I would have liked to see Fred uh, maybe be a bit more intentional about getting downhill uh, and trying to find Shingun or Jabari on the roll or or facilitating a little bit more. Now, a big part of this was Fred had some moments where he, you know, had some nice passes, had some, you know, generated some good looks for his teammates and guys just really weren't hitting shots in this game. This was a really, really rough all around game where the ball was just not going into the hoop for the Rockets. And I think that early on wasn't discouraging to them, but then it kept happening. Right. And then they got discouraged and then they started to miss some things defensively, not putting in the effort that they needed to, especially against Zach Collins, who basically, uh, looked like prime Wilt Chamberlain out there in this game. He had 18 points on eight of 10 shooting. He was two of four from long distance. He had eight rebounds, five assists. Um, He had a block in there. I mean, Zach Collins was kind of getting whatever he wanted against this Rockets team. Now, I will say that the halftime adjustments that they made, Ime Odoka went back at halftime and apparently showed the Rockets some clips of what happened, you know, in the first half, how they weren't putting a body on Zach Collins. And he talked about it post game, how switching there's a certain level of, you know, 
some concessions that you're going to have to make uh, when when playing switching defense. So Ime specifically said there's going to be residuals from switching. Obviously, there will be some cross matches, but we feel comfortable with our big wings guarding a lot of posts in the league. But we don't want to just stand behind a guy when he has two feet in the paint. We worked on post defense and getting around, making them throw a lob pass and fighting them off the block. I showed three clips at halftime of Zach Collins just getting guys and burying them under the basket. Any big in the league when they have two feet in the paint and can take one dribble hook shots is going to make you pay. Our coverage was so poor on that, and that's something we've worked on, but we'll have to hit it again for sure. So Eme kind of identifying in real time, hey, Zach Collins is getting whatever he wants against us. We've got to fix that, right? And I do think that missing some of the pieces that they were missing in this game. This would have been a big game for Jock Landale, right? To have another body to kind of throw it Zach Collins out there. Uh, this would have been nice to have Tari out there, one of your bigger, stronger players who was missing. The Rockets felt like a much smaller team overall in this game. So I do think that having some of those guys out definitely hurt them a little bit as far as what they were able to achieve defensively, but it's definitely going to be something to monitor moving forward, right? How does the Rockets' defensive switching ultimately play out um, over the course of the early part of the season, right? How long before they start baking in some other defensive coverages? Because there are some negatives to switching, right? It's it's a nice blanket-based defensive scheme, but there are some drawbacks to it, unfortunately, at the end of the day. Do want to talk about your Locked on Rockets player of the game here, and that has to be Amin Thompson, who continues to, after a bit of a rough showing, his his first preseason game, and even then it wasn't rough. It was just he missed a lot of bunnies. Um, I guess he's turning into a scoring threat as he was tied for your Houston Rockets' leading scorer off the bench with Cam Whitmore, who also had 15 points. Uh, but Amin Thompson finished the night 6 of 13 shooting. Uh, he was two of four from long distance. So 50% shooting from three in this game. The confidence is absolutely there in the shot for Amin Thompson. Uh, looking really great in that regard. Uh, he had a couple free throws, went one of two at the free throw line. Uh, no rebounds and only one assist. Uh, did have a couple steals and a turnover and a block baked into his stat line. But the shooting is really really impressive at this point with Amin Thompson, right? We know everything else that he can do at a high level, right? We know he can defend at a high level. We know he can facilitate at a high level. Even in this game, he had some moments where he had some really great passes that just weren't able to be converted by his teammates. The shooting was going to be his drawback as a player. And to see him this early on, all the work that he's done with Ben Sullivan in the offseason, everything leading up to you know where he's at playing on the floor with this Rockets team now. I mean, he's taking one dribble pull-ups coming off screens. He's hitting wide-open threes when, when his teammates are generating those shots for him. These are great moments to build on for Amin Thompson because shooting was going to be his weakness. And right now, it doesn't even look like it's going to be a weakness. Usually it takes players a long time to iron out their, their pre-draft weakness. Think about Jabari. Jabari really couldn't put the rock on the floor for a good chunk of his rookie season. That was his big drawback as a player offensively, right? Was he can't, you know, self-creation, right? Big part of that was how he was utilized. Not going to dig up, you know, that old can of worms. But now Jabari looks incredible putting the ball on the floor. If Amin Thompson can be a quality shooter, and he doesn't have to be a knockdown, 40% lights out three-point shooter. He just has to have a three-point shot that's going to keep defenses honest. And it's going to open up so much more for the rest of his game, right? We see the driving lanes, the way that he's able to break down a defense. We see him being able to turn on the Jets in transition. Nobody can keep up with him. So that confidence in his shot is going to do wonders for the rest of his game. And he talked about post game, you know, putting in that work with Ben Sullivan. The fact that he's been 
you know, in the gym with him once a day, twice a day, all off season, trying to get that shot to a place where it's consistent, where he's confident in it. And he's gotten to that point in this game. And he was a big, big spark off the Houston Rockets bench in this one. There were moments where, you know, again, having him out there at times in place of Fred, when they were relying on that switch everything scheme, having a guard out there who is as big and strong as a Min Thompson is, allowed them to, I think, lean further into uh, their kind of, that switch everything defensive scheme. There was a lineup out there. I believe it was Amin Thompson, Cam Whitmore, Jay Shante, Jabari Smith Jr. And I'm blanking. I want to say Dylan was the fifth. And, and that lineup was out there midway through the third ballpark, give or take, uh, if I'm not completely mistaken or off base with that lineup. And that lineup felt like it had a lot of success running the switching scheme because those five guys were all connected, like on a string defensively, really doing a good job of pressuring the basketball, communicating things. And that third quarter was really impressive by the Houston Rockets because they wound up holding the San Antonio Spurs uh, to, I believe, just let me see. Oh, I apologize. The fourth quarter, um, which is where that defensive tone kind of started. And, you know, they they started the, the the defensive shift in that third quarter and it carried over into that fourth quarter, especially uh, 13 points is what they held the Spurs to in that fourth quarter. And a big part of that was not only that lineup that I just mentioned, but the RGV Vipers who helped carry this game home with Cam Whitmore helping to lead the charge in that group. going to talk about that here in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event, right? You're trying to go out and have a good time. Why stress about the tickets, right? Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events happening near you. I cannot tell you, you know, a couple years back, whatever, you know, using ticketing app, I'm trying to buy tickets to a concert. I get all my information filled in, right? And then I go to checkout and I hit checkout. And then I go, and then there's an error message that pops up and, and all my information is deleted, right? And I got to go through the whole process again. And I'm stressing, trying to figure out how I'm going to... You don't have to do that with game time. It's the fast and easy way to get access to the tickets that you want. They've got last minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, so many special offers to take advantage of. It's super easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event happening in your area. They've got views from your seat so you know exactly the type of bang that you're getting for the buck that you'll be spending. Lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, and so much more. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On NBA. That's L O C K E D O N N B A for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And final segment here at Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now. Some final thoughts from this one, as well as wanting to highlight the third stringers and kind of bringing away, uh, bringing away this game. I will say uh, there were there was some choppy officiating in this game. Uh, I think I'm, I think I might have mentioned it early on in, in one of the first segments, um, but some really choppy officiating. Uh, you know, a pair of early technicals going both way between both ways between Zach Collins and Dylan Brooks. Uh, Zach Collins getting tied up with Amin Thompson on one end of the floor and kind of you know ripping the ball away, you know, kind of ripping away from him and, and, and a man kind of just walking away, wasn't trying to get into it. But Dylan being the enforcer for this rocket team was not having any of that and decided to walk over and had some words for Zach Collins looked like Dylan Brooks might've been going for the record and trying to get ejected out of his second preseason game. But uh, honestly, that whole situation was instigated by Zach Collins. It shouldn't have been a two way technical, but it's nice to see Dylan Brooks kind of, you know, 
taking on that mantle of being the the protector, the enforcer for this Rockets team, you're not going to be able to get anything by Dylan Brooks, right? It's been a minute since the Rockets have had kind of somebody with some of that, you know, I don't know, that toughness to him, right? That edge, that enforcer mentality on the team. And it's really cool to see Dylan Brooks very early on making sure that, hey, you mess with any of my guys and you're going to have to deal with me, right? So love that mentality from Dylan Brooks in this game. Also kind of liked what we saw out of uh, Jeff Green in this one. We got kind of an extended look at Uncle Jeff and he's able to go out there and do a little bit of everything offensively just like a lot of guys in this game he did kind of struggle one of four shooting only three points uh missed his only three-point attempt but he had a few rebounds he had four assists which was almost a team high Aaron Holiday comes in with six assists kind of running that second unit Aaron Holiday did a fantastic job with that not even second unit, third stringers, I should say. Um, but you saw some of the playmaking, some of the facilitating that Uncle Jeff can bring to the table. Uh, it's just unfortunate because I feel like, especially with Zach Collins, you know, being such uh, a monster in this game, being able to throw out Jock Landale would have been nice. But alas, no Jalen Green, no Tar Eason, no Jock Landale in this one. But liked what we saw out of Jeff Green. Cam Whitmore. <laughs> Cam Whitmore. 15 points off the bench, 5 of 15 shooting, managed to take 15 shot attempts, a team high in shot attempts off the bench in his 24 minutes of action. I swear Cam has never seen a shot that he didn't like, and it works sometimes, right? The the high-volume scoring approach can work. He was 1 of 7 from 3 in this game, but that did mean that he was 4 of 8 inside the three-point line. And he also had he, he had four free throw attempts. He drilled all four of them, so that's nice to see from him. Uh, he had four rebounds. He had an assist. Did have a couple fouls in this one. Only one turnover. Um, honestly, was pretty solid. He was a plus 24, a team high plus 24 in his 24 minutes played. Um, and we got to talk about that Cam Whitmore dunk, man. And and something about, I, I you know, I noted this during the game. Something about San Antonio, man. First, we have to go all the way back to the bearded era and the dunk that was waved off by James Harden uh, in San Antonio. Then we go to last year with Alper and Shingun putting Zach Collins on an absolute poster slam, waved off. And now we go to this preseason game. Cam Whitmore elevates and absolutely detonates on Dougie McDermott, and it gets waved off. And I'll say, look, McDermott was in position for most of the drive. But then as Cam Whitmore started to elevate, Dougie McDermott started to lean backwards and therefore he was not holding his defensive positioning. And I think it should not have been an offensive foul. And honestly, here should be the NBA rule, the new rule. I'm ready to like, this. we should make this rule right now. Is if you poster somebody, if you, if you catch a body, it should not be an offensive foul. John Morant gets away with it all the time. It's the off arm extension, all that, you know, it's, it's a mess. It was one hell of a dunk by Cam Whitmore. And we got the chance to, you know, ask him about it post game. And his reaction was so wholesome. You had the dunk that was waved off. Just thoughts on that moment. Man, I mean, just know it was a big dunk. I mean, it was, I just saw one person in front of me and I just rose, rose up. I just got it done. It happened to LP last year, too, against yeah. Zach Collins. Same I thing. Not, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. But I mean, it's definitely a big play. Definitely a big play. Y'all going to have to go compare the dunk back to it. No, it was a tone serve. I don't, maybe I don't think it was a charge, but. I mean, it is what it is. You check it out at halftime? Uh, did you look at the video? No, nah, I mean, after the game, I did, yeah. I saw okay. it. I, I have some, but just in my mind. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't check it, though, but yeah, it was just in my mind the whole time. Thank you. 
Thank you. Yes, so Cam Whitmore reacting to his uh, should have been poster dunk post game, and it was actually kind of funny, right? You know, asking about did did you take a look at it at halftime? He didn't even look at right. He he's locked in. Cam Whitmore is paying attention to the game. He's not worried about checking his phone at halftime, looking at you know highlights and game footage or anything. No, he's locked in. He didn't take a look at it until after the fact, and and I'm sure he and Alpi had a good laugh about it um, at the end of the night. Just you know talking about getting their dunks both waved off in San Antonio. Something about something about that arena, man. Frost Bank Center, formerly AT&T Stadium, AT&T Center, whatever it was. Um, but I'll tell you what, the I want to give I want to give some flowers here to the third stringers who really came back into this game and and, and honestly shout out to the entire team, Rockets team because last year this would have been a game. And in fact, we saw this happen last year where the Rockets would have caved they would have rolled over very early on in this game. They would have given up a 20 plus point lead to this Spurs team had it been this, you know, the Rockets of last year. Instead, they kept fighting, they kept clawing, they got some timely buckets, some threes here and there, some big time buckets. They had the five point swing from Amin Thompson where he drilled the three and then the Rockets forced the turnover on the next possession. He got the breakaway slam in transition. You know, they had the right, they had just enough momentum plays throughout the game to keep them in it. And then shout out to the third stringers who came in and again, they really forced the issue defensively in that fourth quarter, holding the Spurs to just 13 points. Again, I think that started, there was a, a renewed focus and energy defensively in the second half, but then that carried over into the third stringers and their play in that fourth quarter. Uh, and Aaron Holiday really showed that he might not just be, you know, the third stringer, the in injury insurance policy. He finished the game. 12 points on four of six shooting, hit a three-pointer. Uh, he had nine rebounds, nine rebounds, tying for a team high with Jabari Smith Jr. in rebounds. He was soaring, jumping, securing rebounds. It was really impressive to see. And six assists, a team high in assists. He was facilitating at a very high level for that third-string unit uh, who mounted the, the Rockets' comeback and, you know, were really, really impressive. Nate Williams, Darius Days, Jermaine Samuels Jr., and then... Uh, you know, a mix of Amin Thompson, Cam Whitmore kind of rounding out that that third stringer group. And overall, to be able to come back in and have the poise to mount that comeback and and really lock in defensively. I've championed his cause before. I really like Jermaine Samuels Jr. I would love to see him get a two-way deal for this Rockets team. He feels like a jack of all trades kind of player. And that shot is coming along decently, uh, watching him in warmups, watching the spin time with Ben Sullivan and then Darius days uh, coming in as well, uh, hitting some timely shots uh, being, you know, a, a force defensively when he switches, right? He's a big, strong body, Nate Williams, same thing. So really proud of that third string group and then being able to come back and, and win this game for the Rockets. Again, RGV Vipers greater than the Austin Spurs for sure. That's about all I've got from, Oh, you know what? I, I almost, I shouldn't have, I, I included him in one of the lineups earlier, but I do want to highlight uh, Jay Sean Tate who comes in and does just a little bit of everything. He had seven points, five boards, had an assist, uh, had a steal, had a block uh, in his, tw uh, not even 20 minutes, uh, 16 minutes of burn. Uh, hit a three-pointer in this game, right? So there's the there's the shooting from Jay Sean Tate. Should have included him earlier uh, when I was kind of rolling through uh, the different guys, you know, that that provided a little bit of something in this game, but wanted to make sure that I, you know, included him here at the very end. But, that's going to do it for this episode. Be on the lookout for our next 
next episode with your weekly co-host Ali Kambajani reacting to and breaking down the Kevin Porter Jr. trade, what we can expect out of the two players that the Rockets got back. Can we expect anything out of Victor Oladipo and Jeremiah Robinson Earl? We're going to break that down for you guys, but today's episode, that's going to wrap it up. As always, thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, the Odyssey app, free and available on all podcast platforms. We're also available on YouTube. Go to YouTube, search Locked on Rockets, like, comment, subscribe. Give me your big takeaway from this Rockets Spurs game. Let me know in the YouTube comments. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.